Welcome to the Ramsrider Podcast. Camille Yuzviak, there it is. Camille Yuzviak's first goal for Derby County. It's a stunner. Got the flick, and it's Kazim Richards who pokes it home. And Derby County are in dreamland after 25 minutes. Knight on the follow-up. Derby lead at the den. In swing at Etheridge, drops it, and it's in from Bielik, and Christian Bielik scores his first goal for Derby. Hello and welcome back to the Rams Writer Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks, uh, but it's, as always, this is Derby County, so it's uh, not exactly been a very quiet couple of weeks. Um, and to discuss all of this, I'm joined by the two lads from Rams Review Podcast, Jason Straw and Corey. Guys, welcome to the show. It's a, it's a good evening. It's, a, it's one of reflection, I think, today. How are you both doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, Simon. Thank, thanks for having us on, mate. It's, uh, yeah, uh, some interesting things to chat about. I'm, I'm sure we'll get a lot covered over the next few minutes. And, uh, yeah, hopefully by the end of it, some 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 mellow heads and and straight straight shooting and we'll, we'll we'll come up with a plan for how we attack these final four games to to save our to save our season and uh moving on forward fingers crossed simon i could complain but that's going to do nobody any good because no one's going to listen care or do anything about it but i'm yeah, great otherwise than that we can, we can um, have a good bitch and moan if you want me <laughs> thank you thank you, you charge by the hour <laughs> why not <laughs> Checks in the post, mate. It's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, thank you guys both coming on. So, yeah, well, might be. Little, I was going to, I thought about doing this last night, but I thought it, it might be a little bit too raw. But Blackburn then, um, obviously, we took the leads through Tom Lawrence, great header. Um, but two, I suppose, slack marking and then one big mistake uh, cost us the game. And now we see ourselves, what is it, four points um, above safety and Rotherham now sort of seven is it seven games they've got left compared to our four it's mm. it's concerning times but before we get into that what what did you make of the Blackburn game Corey we'll start with you what, what did you make of the Blackburn game yeah I mean it was a tough team I know I know when we had spoken to on our preview pod about with Blackburn like they'd only won one in 15 and they were really kind of struggling and there's a lot of other similarities that we can talk about with ownership as well that they're going with the two clubs and I was a bit surprised prepping for that podcast, looking at like how far down they'd actually fallen. I know they had a great start to the season, obviously steamrolled Derby. And then it was like, they'd kind of lost a little bit, but I didn't realize they were kind of in it. I think they needed to get something out of that game. They obviously did, whether it was a win or a draw and they, they came over with the three points because that pushes them away from basically it doesn't guarantee them safety, but they can sleep in under their duvets a lot more comfortable now knowing that they got a little bit more of a gap. Um, I mean, it was very typical Derby performance, wasn't it? I mean, you know, Darby got the goal and then the mentality kind of creeps in this mentality that I've kind of been picking up that I can see in these performances week after week that Darby struggle with the lead and then you, you make these silly errors. And I mean, we can sit here all day and I'm sure we'll talk about, was it a penalty? Was it not a penalty at the end? Um, and then, you know, was it a mistake from Marshall? Should he have saved it? And I know someone on, I saw somebody on Instagram the other night, I guess last night put up at least five, there were five errors. They, they put together a compilation of, five goalkeeping errors that David Marshall uh, yeah. have made this season. And I'm not going to sit here and go, well, David Marshall was a mistake and David Marshall, whatever David Marshall solidified the goalkeeping position at Derby County. 
But what I would say, and, and I'm sure we can discuss this later on, Simon, is, you know, if Keller Roos was making those decisions or Ben Hamer was making those decisions, would we be feeling different be, other than, you know, David Marshall, who has been solid for Derby, but he has made a few mistakes, which has been a bit strange um, for that. So, I mean, for me, you know, it's just it's just another it's just another frustrating game and it just shows the how consistently inconsistent Darby are where they can put together a good performance they can't maintain it through 90 minutes I mean I've said this to Jason many a time I thought the best 90 minute performance that Darby have put together this season was against Nottingham Forest in the autumn mm. the, the most complete 90 minutes because yes they've played well but they've not played well for an extended period of time for an entire game from start to finish we've bossed this game we've controlled this game we're not letting other people back in I guess I guess Swansea is probably the other game that they 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 did that right. Yeah. Um, but caveat without Christian Bielik, uh, the uh, the um, the inconsistent the so so inconsistent and the mentality starts to creep in and that that's the worrying thing for me is you know we've seen this team fight back we saw it against Bournemouth but you know you can only ask so much so many times of these players um, yeah. as they come in and as you would at the highest levels and at the elite levels of the game, right? If Liverpool or Manchester City or Real Madrid fall up, you can only ask them to come back so many times before they're just not going to be able to anymore. And we're obviously not dealing with the elite level of the game here. We're dealing with professional footballer nonetheless. Yeah. Um, and and just, just the mentality and, and the way they're going about doing the business is, it, it, it is a bit worrying. And like you say, four points above Rotherham. Rotherham have three extra games. And yes, you do want to have the points on the board. But those three extra games, I think the good thing is, is that it's not three points, it's four. So it's really two games there that yeah. you kind of have to make up for Rotherham. But I mean, it's 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 a completely dire situation. 18 months ago, we were one game away from the Premier League. And, and now we're, what is it? Potentially seven Rotherham games away from League One. So it, it's it's not great. And it, it, it the relegation dogfight is well and truly on in my eyes. Definitely, definitely. Jason, obviously, Corey said there the performance was quite well in in, in well in parts, I suppose. Um, I mean, I thought, to be honest, I thought I thought we we attacked really well. Um, you know, we I look at the likes of uh, Roberts again, another great performance. Lawrence obviously getting the goal. Sibley putting himself about. Jozviak, I think you know it was a, one of his better games for us. Um, he seemed to have a bit more sort of I don't know. He was making the right pass at the right time rather than holding on to the ball. But one thing that was I found a bit weird seeing the team sheet was we had no recognised striker. You know, it, you know, Colin Kazim Richards, you know, obviously our only fit striker at the minute was on the bench. What what did you make of that, Jason? Were you worried or did you think we actually played quite well without a recognised striker, sort of false nine, if you like? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> a team who's struggling to score for goals, hey, why not start without a striker? Yeah, I mean... It was, but I think, do you know, Simon, I think, I think he's, he's, Kazim Richards is struggling for fitness. I think that hip injury is probably a bit more than we think. Yeah. Because I don't understand why we would not go that way. I mean, let, let's be honest, Kazim Richards has had a pretty decent season for Derby in a, you know, in a poor team. Let, let, let's put it right. But really in the last seven, eight, Games probably can even stretch that a little bit further. Has he done as much as we we want him to? Has he done as much as we need him to? Yeah. And I think the answer to that is probably no. I don't think he has. Obviously, Gregory, okay, he's gone now. Wasn't firing on all cylinders, but you know, he, he was he was in there. Obviously, Waggle made a couple of decent 
appearances in there. I actually think Kazim Richards has gone a little bit off the boil. I'm not saying that's the reason he was on the bench, but I think there's an accumulation of the two yeah. possibly there because we know what he brings in terms of leadership and, and, you know, trying to drag the team through and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, he war- he almost warrants his place because of that regardless. But I think you're quite right. That first off, certainly it was attack after attack after attack. And let's face it, if we had been a bit more potent, which we've not been all season, if we'd have been a bit more potent, we'd be we'd be wandering into that half-time 3-0 up, not 1-1. But that is obviously Derby's Achilles heel this season. And then I think exactly what Corey pointed out, at half-time, did you really feel Derby were ever going to really get that second goal and, and go on and win the game? Was it always a case of when Blackburn... Take that, get that second goal, and that that kind of was my feeling. Unfortunately, I said before, I said on our preview, you know, I've seen a lot of Derby fans talking. We've got to win the next two games in Blackburn and Preston, and this is going to be almost not my first rant, but my first sort of point, not finger pointing either, but just a comment I want to make. Any fans that thought that Derby were going to win at, at Blackburn and Preston? Clearly, haven't watched Derby much this season because we don't. We we've won four away games all season, five away games all season. It's not and, many, is it? No, and so anybody's expectations of going to Blackburn and going to Preston and, and winning both games were, were, I think, you know, exaggerated. I really do. And then Blackburn, especially, I said to Corey, I would ex- I would hope, and I think we need to win one out of the two. Mm-hmm. But I, I was pinpointing Preston all along. Because the front three of Blackburn, no matter if they've won only one in 15, I, I get that. Mm. But the front three of Blackburn, for me, are, are strong. Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly, I don't think I could sit here now and name you the front three of Preston. But I, I, but I could have Blackburn. And I think that was the thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, I wanted Derby to do well. And we took the lead and we looked pretty damn solid for 42 minutes. There was one or two chance. There was one or two moments in that first half that made me think Armstrong was getting in a little bit quick. Obviously, a couple of offside decisions, you know, quick goalkeeping and things like that. But then, yeah, the, the mentality, obviously, that equalises it. it. It's all the time. Yeah, that equalises just before half time. It, it crushes, and especially when you're in that position, um, it makes it worse. But then I thought the second half, yes, Derby weren't quite as good as that first half. But it was end-to-end. For that last 20 minutes, 25 minutes, it was end-to-end. And obviously, yeah, Blackburn, mistake from Andre Wisdom. They just seem to go... When you're down there, that's the rub of the green that you get. That's the way I see it. Um, And then for that last 20 minutes, we pushed. There's no doubt about it, we pushed. Of course, and I know you and we have mentioned this many, many times, the impact that Derby can make off the bench you know, bringing on Watson, Ebersaley, you know, okay, that that's great, but are they really, really going to drag you back into that game? You know what I mean? Jason, can I can I cut you off a minute? Can I ask a question to you and Sir yeah. Simon based off of that point? If you were, if this was not Derby County that we're talking about, okay, and Blackburn Rovers brought on, and th- this is not a criticism of the players, Simon. This is not a criticism of the players. This is just an example. If Blackburn Rovers or if Nottingham Forest or Blackburn Rovers or you pick a team in the championship brought on two lads from the under 23s who had less than five appearances, whatever, 
would you be scared or would you be saying, Jesus Christ, look at that club. Look, look what dire straits that they're in. And would you be laughing at them? Oh yeah. Without doubt. It, I mean, me, look, Ebisetli's done well for the under 23s. Louis Watson, he's done well in fits and starts for the first team. And I'm not criticizing them because they're young players and they need mm. to learn. But if you are in a relegation dogfight, like Jason says, and you're struggling and you need a spark, look at the bench and look at the players that they're bringing on. They don't, they don't feed me with any confidence. I'm sitting there watching the game, looking at the bench going, Jesus, if Wayne wants to change something, mm. he's only got one option. He's only got two options out of his five subs. The other, the other three subs might as well just go home. Yeah, yeah. He's going to only bring on players. And obviously the first teamers are Louis Sibley and whatever the young players. And I got that. But then you've got young players and then you've got super like baby young players and you're expecting them to turn you a game and you're expecting them to bring you out of a relegation dogfight. Sorry, well, Jason, I'll, 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 I'll shut up now. And let you get no, 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 you're fine. But I, I think I fully agree with what you're saying, but I think the problem that we've got is that who else have we got? Mm, that, I was going to say exactly that, the same. That is, that is the issue. Who else have we got? Um, and obviously we, we've known about this since the beginning of the season. We knew that this squad... Whilst the first 11, 12, 13, maybe even 14, when all fit, are pretty good, you still probably need another eight, six, six, say, first-team players to make that squad up to 20 first-team players. Then you integrate three or four youngsters to it. We, I, that's fine. But we don't have any other options. I mean, that's not Wayne's fault, really. That's, that's the thing, though. It, it, it's, it's a sad state of affairs, though, and that's what you're relying on, and you're in this thing. You know who would be a really good signing for Darby? And you can put this down, Simon. You can make a note of this. I'm going to give you a name. One far away. There's a Swansea striker. I think his name's Morgan Whitaker. He looks a player. <laughs> he looks like he could do Darby a job up front. Strange yeah. went into that because, yeah, he, he he never got to sort of play. I've When I've seen him play for Swansea, he plays central, you know, his actual preferred position. Yet we seem to do have this thing with forwards that maybe a little bit pace. I know, we'll stick him out wide. We'll stick him on the wing. I, I don't get why we do You know, I, I've watched Morgan Whitaker grow through the under-23s. And you, you look at him and he absolutely ripped apart the under-23s. In comparison with sort of Jamal Hector Ingram, who again was another good goal scorer in the 23s, but you look at his goals, I think over half were penalties. Whitaker's weren't. Whit Whitaker's were from open play, etc. Things like that. Hector and Ingram's not even playing for Stevenage, so it it's like not. It's a non-starter. Exactly. You can't I mean, even get in the squad at Stevenage. And this is where we're at with youngsters, you know. And this is uh, this is what it comes down to now because Mel Morris had this plan, this big plan. I want to make a first-team squad out of fifty percent of youngsters, right? And last season, fair play, we were getting a lot of youngsters in, in the squad who were capable mm. and they were doing good things and they were learning and they were picking it up. This season, we, they've gone backwards, in my opinion. And I'm talking about Jason Knight, gone backwards. Max Bird, who was probably the first name on the team sheet last season, gone backwards. I, I, I think yesterday was his first good game in a very long, well, all season. That was probably his best game all season. And, you know, that's saying something because he's been absolutely... Nowhere near to the standard he was last season. Um, Buchanan, again, another player that looked pretty good at the start of the season, seems to have faltered. He can't keep a position in front of Craig Forsyth. You know, and I'm, I'm looking at his players, and, you know, Jason Knight, I've said, and Louis Sibley as well. Again, another player that last season, again, he looked like he was going to be someone that's going to break into this first team and absolutely tear the championship apart. But all of a sudden, Philip Koku's gone. And those players that he nurtured through and brought through are starting to suffer because clearly Wayne Rooney isn't nurturing the, the young players 
like Philip Koku did. Now, you know, everyone could say Philip Koku's style of play was boring. He wasn't getting anywhere with him. But people seem to forget where we were before the COVID break. People seem to forget we were, what, three, five points, I think it was, off the top six from where we started that season. Yes, and then COVID came back. Um, we had a pretty good start after COVID. Then it obviously sort of went a bit downhill. I think, you know, it sort of went, okay, yeah, not feeling this. And then what Koku did at the end of the season, last few games, he went, right, I'm going to chuck in even more youngsters to see where they are because I know playoffs is now not an option. So why not? Let me just see where we're at with the youngsters. We start this season, um, bizarre season. Obviously, everyone's in the same situation, only two weeks, three weeks break, whatever it was, pre-season, then we're back at it. And yeah, we, we, we did look poor at times. Now, all of a sudden, though, a certain Mr. Rooney came out of the team and we started to look better. Yeah, we weren't quite getting the wins. You know, we were lucky against uh, Nottingham Forest. You know, we were robbed there, personally believe. But that looked like, you said, back in all, you said that was probably our best game. I agree, it was. And it looked like we were starting to build, but obviously no wins in 11. And for me, something just behind the scenes with Wayne Rooney just didn't seem right that he was automatically being put straight back into the squad. Whether that was to do with his contract that, that he had, you know, and obviously this 32 red star player clause, we don't know. You know, we can't, you know, we can speculate. We can't say this definitive reason why he was in the squad. And then he takes over. And for me, I felt actually generally felt sorry for Philip Cocker because it just seemed when we signed Wayne Rooney and he goes, oh yeah, I want to be a manager. Oh yeah, I want the job. It just seemed that was the, the, the beginning of the end for Yeah, but Philip you know what, Cocker. Simon? I want to be a football manager as well. Of course. Jason wants to be a football manager. You we want to be a football manager. It's all nice to have unfulfilled wants and needs mm. and no disrespects. And I'm, we're going to talk about Wayne Rooney and this is about Wayne Rooney, but just because you played 120 times for England and you're the all-time record goal scorer for them in Manchester United, and you've played what 15 odd games for Derby County, mm. all of a sudden you're walking in. Derby County is a massive job. Oh yeah. It's huge. You look at the managers Derby County's had through the history. They've always had big names. Okay. And they've all had pedigree where's Wayne Rooney's pedigree? Well, he played for England. Okay. So did Frank Lampard, but Lampard did punditry for a year, 18 months before he decided to make the shift. He didn't just shift and go, well, I'm not sitting in the dressing room anymore. I'm now picking the team. Mm. No, no. He went, obviously he went and helped coach the under 23s at Chelsea as well. Didn't he? Right. He was getting experience. Wayne Rooney's got no management experience. All his Manchester United pundit friends can big him up all he likes. And, you know, when, when he first got appointed, I said, well, here's his chance now to prove what he can do. And yet it was all, you know, fine and dandy his first nine games. But he's now on the same... Um, Koku's 11, had 11 games this season. Rooney now has the same record as him in his last 11 games. You know, so it's exactly the same. And what's what's the one person that's missing out of that team? Wayne Rooney. Can no. Can you tell me Christian who's missing Bielek. out of this team? Who you say, Jason? Christian Bielek. Christian Bielek. That man... Christian Bielek was the kingpin. Koku never got to use Christian Bielek this season. Yeah, Bielek comes into the side and all of a sudden things start to gel because we've got Christian Bielek in the side. Rooney loses Christian Bielek. Rooney goes, what am I going to do? I can't play a 4-3-3 because I've got nobody who can be that anchor man like Bielek is. So what I'm going to do instead, and this is where, for me, he's shown his managerial inexperience, is by going, we're not going to have uh, a philosophy. We're just going to take it game by game and match up. And that's perfectly fine. I'm okay with getting points on the board because you don't want to go down to League One. But you do want to see, and I agree with you, I 100% agree with you, you do want to see, although you want to pick up points on the board and matching up is the best way to probably do that, you do want to see some sort of continuity. I don't know what Wazabal looks like. 
Jason and myself have gone on other podcasts recently and they said, well, what does Wazaball look like? And I couldn't tell you because he has got no clue. And Jason, it's the same thing. If me and you were mates, which we are, right? And we're mates with Simon and someone asks us what Simon the Rams writer is like, I'm not going to sit here and go, well, Simon doesn't know what he's talking about or whatever. I'm going to say Simon's fantastic. Simon's a buddy of ours. He'd be great to go on your show or whatever. You are great at what you do, Simon. I'm not I'm just using this as an example. He's, none of his Where's mates are going to sit there. No, one, <laughs> no one's going to sit there and Corey disappears. No one's going to sit there. Phil Neville, Wayne Rooney, Phil Neville, uh, Gary Neville, Paul Scholl, Ronaldo, Ferdinand, whatever. They're not going to sit there and go, Wayne Rooney doesn't know his head from a hole in the ground. Because you know why? They're just not going to do it because they're mates. You're just not going to out your mates like that. And Jason made this point. Jason, I remember this because I listened to this podcast. I remember you made this point not too long ago in a podcast that we talked about. You said, um, you know, Wayne, people say Wayne Rooney has said that Max Bird is the best player that he's ever played against in central midfield or played with, right? But he's not going to sit there and go, Max Bird's absolute garbage. Hmm. He's not going to do that because it's his teammate. He's not, they would be stupid. Yeah, of course. And to be fair, like I say, when he was playing with Wayne Rooney, he was brilliant. There's no denying that. He dictated games because he had a backup of Rooney who's just, who's just saying, right, I personally think Rooney's instructing him where to go, what runs to make. He had that coaching on the pitch, and he's 100%. not got he's not got that this season. Jason, I mean, obviously, I mean, how do you feel about the whole sort of Rooney situation? You know, it is it, okay. Let's let's have two sort of situations. Derby County stay up. Is Rooney does Rooney stairs manager? Derby County go down. Does Rooney stairs manager? I think Derby the over the last. 10 year happy to pull the trigger on managers and, and you know that kind of thing you need stability we, mm. we, we've all barked that what you, one of the things that I heard a lot during and after Koku's reign what, why ultimately he failed at Derby County was that he's that good of a player he's got that good of a football brain that a team in the championship can't play the way that he wants them to play Mm. Right, Wayne Rooney is, by all intents and purposes, probably the best ever England footballer we that have that has graced grass. Mm. He plays. He played for the best team in the world for twenty years, or you know, whatever. Mm. Do you think Derby County, at they as they stand at this moment in time, can play like Manchester United of two thousand and whatever? Of course, of course, they bloody can't. Uh, they, just, they just can't. But, but I mean, for me personally, I think it comes to the age old again. We had, I think, we all, in our own way, had this conversation when Koku was sacked. Who's next? Paul Cook. Paul Cook was a big name who was linked. Mm, Hasn't he gone to Ipswich? Uh, yeah, I think he Is has, it yeah. Ipswich, and I don't think they're necessarily digging up lots of trees in league one if memory serves me right i don't think they you know they probably expected a, a bit more than the, than they're getting at the minute but paul cook was a name that i know Corey certainly called out and i know i certainly said you know not not a bad shout mm. but there wasn't that many others there, there really wasn't not within our budget anyway no, the best available manager was chris Uton. but there was chris Uton. of course there was chris Uton. but okay we went we what you know we didn't we didn't go that way we went a different way again Simon, like you said, financially, that's probably what it's probably the reason why we did it. And that, that and that's all well and good. Rooney, similar to Koku, I suppose, hasn't necessarily had any money to spend. He's had 
half a transfer window or, or four days of a transfer window because we was under an embargo for most of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and those five those five lone players that he brought in, how many of those were favours? Yeah, yeah. Players oh. that, you know, look, look, lads, I'm not being funny. Let me ring Gerard. Let me ring whoever, Ollie. Ollie Let yeah. me ring, you know, all these. We need five extra first team championship players yeah. with experience. I need to get them through the door. It's as fucking simple as that. I need to get them through the door. Hmm. And, th- and that's what he did. Um, okay. Off of those, unfo- I mean, Edmondson. For me, personally, Edmondson didn't, I don't think, put foot wrong in a Derby shirt. I thought he was, he, he, for me, looked a really good central defender. Yeah, absolutely. And I would hope, if his contract's running out at Rangers, and let's face it, they've just won the league and he couldn't get in there then, let's hope Stevie goes, tell you what, if you want him, have him. let's hope that that is the case Lee Gregory I mean Colin Kazin Richards has scored seven goals this season Lee Gregory scored three in five appearances Mm. that's what he did he will be available in the summer we we know that chances are are we going to get him who knows Ted and Mengi will be at Derby next season 100% 98% if we stay in the championship yeah, he's, he's, he's basically said it's on the player, hasn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. Patrick Roberts, the same. He's out of contract. I tell and you I, what. I would agree he's got a lot better. over. He's, he's had a run. Yeah. And actually, I think he is, at the moment, probably our outlet. At the moment, he is the best one that we've got. Definitely. And, you know, the, so it was a very rushed kind of transfer thing. I mean, Rooney said all along, I've got the players. As soon as I'm able to bring them in, I'll bring them in, mm. which is which is great. That mentality, if that carried into the summer, which I know something we're going to talk about later, under a new ownership, is ER Wayne is 20 million, do do your best, whatever it may well be. I'm not saying we will get 20 million, but if that's the case, Wayne's got to make five phone calls and bring in five players. Just for argument's sake, he'll make five phone calls, get five players that cost 20 million. And, yeah. and he'll bring them straight in. There'll be none of this, what we've had in the past of, oh, the Serda Dursen scenario where we were arguing over 50, 50 quid or whatever it may well have been. Yeah. Um, and, and it just dragged on and on and on. And then in the end, what did we do? Not necessarily sign a number nine. Okay, we brought in Kazim on a free transfer, which works. Without him, we'd be in a, wor- a lot worse position. Let's put it that way. But I, I just think mentioned Wayne... Durson. It's so frustrating because <laughs> I, I spoke to him and says, "Are you coming?" He says, "Yeah." He he he. By all the purposes, I'd spoken to him and he said, "Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm ready to come." Basically, yeah, just I think it was all. Yeah, I think it was all done. I mean, we should have all walked over there or got on the tunnel and carried him back or something. Whatever we may well have needed to have done. But the facts are, I think. Wayne's got obviously it's the old it's the same cocky. We said it with oh cocky was not had a transfer window. Cocky was not had this. Cocky was not had that. Wayne's not, no. and I would say Wayne's got more of a feel for English football. I'm not yeah. sure. I'd, I'm not sure. I'd say Wayne's got more contacts in in world football. Cocky was a player of a you know of a golden generation. He, he will know a lot, but it's a very very different style over here. We know that. Um, so I'd, I'd feel confident going into a transfer window and giving Wayne 20 million, just for say, rather yeah. than I would with some of the other managers, probably some of the managers over the last five years, Simon, that have been given 20 million to spend at Derby. Um, I think even if we, the go down scenario, it'll be all if Wayne wants to stay. I, I don't think Derby would sack him. I, I honestly, I don't think Mel would if this takeover fails. I don't think Eric would if he takes over the do- of the club because Wayne Rooney is still a draw. 
he's still that, oh, I, I can go and work for a club who's managed by Wayne Rooney. It, it's, a, it's a draw. Mm. Not okay, maybe not for world-class players, but some youngsters, you would think you'd get the pick of the bunch. He has, got, as we said, he's got the links with United. He's going to speak to his mates. He's going to get players. There's going to be youngsters. It may be a youthful squad if we went down. I think that's guaranteed. Yeah. But, but it would be, you know, it would be players that are up and coming in the game. Um, and I think I think his pull would be would be good enough. It would all be on if he wanted to stay. In my opinion, if if we went down, if we stay up, you know. Take into consideration where we were when he took over. Yes, things are not good at the minute. They're not. But they'd have been a lot worse, probably, without him. Um, so I think you have to give him, you know, you have to say kudos. And you, you have to give him, you have to keep his employment for, for next season if we stay in the championship. But I think that's the difference. Championship, we would decide. League One, he would decide. Yeah. I, I mean, I think personally, yeah. See, I don't know. It's all, it's, all, it's, it's all well and good to say that, obviously, you know, where Rooney was and where we are now. You know, like I said, I still think Christian Bielik is that main factor because he essentially, when Koku was sacked or left or whatever it was, you know, obviously left, terminated, I don't know. We don't know. I don't think he was sacked. I think he walked in the end, agreed or whatever. Is he never got to use Bielik and he never got to use CKR? Because they're both were obviously coming back to fitness. So essentially, you know, it, what it could have happened, you know, we, we don't know that. Obviously, we, we can only go on what we've seen and what we've done. And I just, I, I'm sorry, I, I just think we really need a proper manager. And, you know, I said it at a, when he was a first appointed that, you know, this is the time to prove himself. And yeah, you know, fans are hypocrites. We're all hypocrites, you know. <laughs> when we're doing well, yeah, everything's good. He's the man. Give him a contract, get him, you know, all that shit. <laughs> um, but when things are on top, you know, it's this is where as a manager, you have to go, okay, I need to sort this out. And for me, he's not doing it. I haven't got confidence in him. You know, if we if we go down, for me personally, if we go down to League One, I think he'll go. I, I, I think he'll personally just walk. You know, he's not exactly much skin off his nose, is it? Let's be honest. Um, I just think he'll, he'll go, okay, no, I can't do this. I'm gone. Um but for me, I'm not bothered about that because we might actually get a proper manager in, someone that's got experience of managing a football club. And I think, you know, Rooney is a player, you know, I loved him. Absolutely loved him as a player. You know, when he came to Derby, absolute surreal. Watching him play in a Derby County shirt, surreal. Watching him score in a Derby County shirt, unbelievable. But seeing him as manager, you're just thinking, yeah, he, he can talk the talk. And I do, I do like the way he talks and the way he calls out players. I don't mind that one bit, but I just think he's lacking. You know, I don't know where he, he, he feels like, why have we got a manager that hasn't got his badges? He's always going to need some assistance. I mean, I could say, I suppose, the same thing about Liam Rossini. What What's his role in all of this? What's he doing? Because well, he's been Liam here Rossini, since... Liam Simon. Liam Rossini, remember, has more coaching qualifications in the FA than Wayne Rooney. Ex exactly, and that's what I mean. I'd expect more input from him. You know, I mean, Shea Gibbons there trying to figure out how to do an iPad. He's probably switching between our podcast and your podcast on the sideline. <laughs> you Honestly, know, I, that's what I'm assuming he's doing. It, I think I just think the, 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 one of the strangest things I found was we we hired a manager and then went, that's your staff. You you have Gary <laughs> Bowyer in the academy. He's not there now, but you they hired Gary Bowyer to take the place of Justin Walker when <laughs> Gary Bowyer. He's not the most sexy name in world football. He's not the most sexy name in English football. Uh, but he's been doing management for a long time. 
He did very well at Blackpool. He did was at Bradford and various other places. And he's in the academy. And he's the most qualified. He's got the most experience out of all of them. And this is where we're at. This is for me where we're at. This is Mel Morris playing Hollywood. He went. Lampard work, we got, you know, good draw with that, TV money, etc. None of advertisement. What can I do? What's bigger? Oh, let's get Rooney as manager. We'll get the same thing. Yeah, Problem is, 100%. Lampard was backed by the manager. Mel Morris, see, a lot of people call Gary Rowett a snake. Now, I've There's heard... no problem with Gary Rowett. I've not. I've he heard a snake? Both... He went from one job to another. I've heard both sides of the story. You know, we hear one side where he left for the money. When you hear his side, it is... Mel wanted him to do essentially what Koku was doing and bring through the youth. He felt he couldn't do that, you know? So, and it makes sense because then what happened is we bring in Lampard, we splash the cash, we get in Premier League players, low knees, and we he gambles it all. And then the next thing, we fail. We go, right, we're going to bring in a manager that's going to blood our youth. And we're not going to spend much money at all. And it's just like... Right, okay, I can actually sort of connect the dots now. Maybe Gary Rowett was telling the truth. Maybe it, it, it was what Mel Morris wanted to do, was to blood the, the youngsters, and he felt he couldn't do that. Let's take a risk with Lampard, get a Hollywood signing in. The lights, you know, we saw all the, the, the graphics from the from the club and everything when Lampard was announced. It, it was it was like a, it was like watching the opening credits of a movie. Crazy. And what I just think that's alive though. You are. Yeah, what a time to be alive. Oh, it, it was. Let's let's be honest. It was, it was the most dramatic time being a Derby fan. You're watching, you know, three class players play for you. You've then got the dramatics and everything. That we, but the thing is, that Leeds playoff semi-final, I think, hides a lot. Yes, it does. But I'll tell you one thing, Simon. The other day I did, I was in, I was preparing for, for this for this pod and a couple others. And I looked at several clips from Frank Lampard's tenure at Derby, notably Norwich, before we played the Norwich game. Yeah. And I looked at Brentford and I watched a couple of the other games under the – and you know the football that they played under Frank Lampard? Yeah, he pasted over the cracks with Premier League loan players. Mm. But you know that team, in comparison to this team, mm. it, it's chalk and cheese. Oh, well that... This team is – this team This team shouldn't even be on the same training field no. as the other team. That, that Lampard team, though, I felt had – the perfect balance of experience, prime, yep. and yeah. young players. Coming this, in, yeah. this team we've got at the moment, it, it at times it doesn't feel like a team. It's just during you play like five a side or something like that, and everyone just rocks up. And you just that's what it feels like. Well, normally I play five a side. My right winger, she's about forty years old, and she rolls up drunk, and she's all <laughs> celebrating about it. I'm like, can you at least take this somewhat seriously, please? You know, like <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know, it's pretty honestly, bad when I'm one of the best players. I want, to build, I want to build on that point that. in a minute, Simon. I want to build on that point. But to your point about Wayne Rooney, if we go down, if Darby County go down to League One, he's buggering off. He's not bothered. No. Wayne Rooney is not bothered. He's accomplished everything in the game. Oh, I want to be a manager. Everybody wants to be a manager, mate. Join yeah. the join the queue. Yeah, yeah. Join the queue. And you know a very attractive proposal is Celtic. And I know Celtic have made things for Eddie Howe, and I don't know how close that deal is, but it makes perfect sense because his buddy Steven Gerrard is up at Rangers and he's building his reputation because he's waiting for the Liverpool job. Oh, of course. Hiding his time, doing in a league that's not, not there's only really two teams in there's only two teams in Scotland, let's just call it as it is. There's there's yeah, two teams in Scotland, the Celtic and those Rangers. Celtic's open, they're desperate for success. Rangers just won their first league title in what like a decade or some some crap like that. Mm. Gerard is, you know, loving life. He's red. That job he's, is open at Celtic. 
red hot at the moment. Steve yeah. Right. For me. Rooney could go up to Celtic and he could have the same jar to pack. No, the media attention is going to be there because it's Rooney and Gerard and the two Scousers and the England teammates and whatever. <laughs> and he could put his name up in lights and he could do himself a lot of good. He's not coming down to league one with Derby County. Why would he? Because he's Wayne Rooney. He's the Jesus Christ of all football in England, right? The, the Mecca until Harry Kane breaks his goal scoring record in two years time. <laughs> right. Yeah, then, yeah. We'll have, then we'll have him as a manager in five years. And I we'll said this. I said, I generally said this yesterday. I said, I was going to tweet it out. I was going to put it. I was going to put like it's the year 2035. Harry Kane, England's top goal scorer, has become Derby County's manager. <laughs> More than likely, Harry Kane will sign for Derby at 50. Yeah. <laughs> when Derby's in the National League. Yeah. Mel Morris is still waiting for that takeover. Big local Derby. That's Derby versus Halford. Big local Derby. Get your, get your drums out. Yeah. <laughs> but to that point, Simon, when you talk about this Wayne Rooney team and you talk about identity, I'm going to talk, I'm going to ask you a question about Wayne Rooney. And I know you're the host, but I'm going to ask you a question anyway. Has Wayne Rooney improved the youngsters since he's come in? No. Jason, do you think he's improved the youngsters? No. Um, has he done anything that has he done anything in his tenure? And he's been in the job now, what? Uh, five, six months, let's say, arguably six months. Right? Has he done anything that you and you and Jason go more than me? You've been season ticket holders for a long time, right? We've all been Derby fans a long time. Has he done anything that has laid the foundations for a brighter future at Derby County in a team. Nope. <laughs> Not the minute. Has there been a young player that's broke through under Wayne Rooney that you think, Christ, that's one for next season. Not this season, but next season. Hey, Gordon. But <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. And where's he? At Liverpool. <laughs> On under 18, he's tearing it up. Yeah. Um, so to that point, Simon, I mean, How's Rooney, how's Rooney building this team? I don't know what Wazabal looks like, right? I don't know what Wazabal looks like. He's papered over the cracks by getting exper some experienced loans. Bengami is a weird signing because he doesn't even play. So he's yeah. obviously off the pace. He was brought in his cover. Tiden Mengi, um, yeah, that's fine. But he's he, now he's Manchester United's supposed top prospect, which is perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. But Mason Mount was Chelsea's top prospect. Is he at Mason Mount level? No. Is he oh. at Fakayo Tomori level? Not yet. No, Not yet. Yeah. He, he Jury's is, still out. He could yeah. be. He could be. Definitely. But he's not having the same impact in his first 10 appearances for Derby as what Fakayo Tomori did. Now, mm. although Tomori did start slow. And I'm willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. But that's a lone piece. And if Derby go down to League One, Tieden Mendy's not coming to a League One team. I don't want to play Scunthorpe when he can go to the championship. Mm. It's not going to happen. No, exactly. Lee Gregory's not going to come to the league one. Maybe, maybe Lee Gregory would because he's 33 and he, you know, yeah. wants to get paid to play football or whatever. And so I don't really know what kind of, what, what Rooney's trying to do here. Yeah. It, it, for I mean, me, even it, when I, even when I play FIFA and I know when Jason, he's a big football manager guy, I try to have a plan when I play FIFA. Yeah. yeah. I don't just go, well, let me just sign some people. Oh man. How did it end up with right? eight right wingers i don't know i just signed players that look good no you try to have some sort of plan and where there's no there's no plan here yeah. there's, and it's just like in business it's just like in life if you look at your life or jason's life or my life and you have uncertainty right you have uncertainty surrounding all these different aspects you're not going to know what end is up you don't have time to go and look for bargains or to plan things out because you're just trying to survive to the next day and that's all rooney's trying to do yeah and all he's hoping to do is he's hoping to be, hey, finishing in 21st, freaking great for Derby. 
Okay, I'm sure it is. Fantastic. Um, but is that going to solve the long-term issues that seem systemically within this football club? Because we've just talked about Frank Lampard and that season, and I just said that they papered over the cracks with the lone players. Yeah. There's been no progress since then. Sure, three or four youth players have come through. Sure. And some are breaking through this first team as well now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, Darby had nine youth players on the field last year against West Brom, and they got murdered. Yeah, I, I think floor with them for 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's where, where, we, where we missed the reserve league. That's a different conversation. Yeah. That's yeah. another that's another three hour conversation. That is, they definitely they definitely miss the reserve league. Going from under 23s is, a, you know, you can watch players absolutely rip apart the, uh, the under 23s, but then they go up to the then they go to Chorley and they get absolutely handed it to them. Yeah, you know, you, there's just a huge. You know, look at look at Jack Stratton. We now. Me and Corey had this conversation um, back in January about, um, you know, players going away to non-league clubs. Jack Stratton went away to a non-league club and he came off and he scored, what, three three goals in, what, four games? Oh, dog, we're, we better call him back. We've got yeah. no strikers. He's banging him in and then he comes back and gets injured, you know. So send these youngsters out. If they're not, if they're not good enough for the first team or they need, or they, they look like they could be, or the close, send them out, send them on loan. So whether it's League One, League Two, all the bloody conference or whatever it's called now, non-league, send them, let them get that experience. Let them get used to playing against men that are going to push them around. And you're quite right, right in what you're saying, Corey. Rooney, for me, he's got, we've got no identity. And I think what he's doing is waiting for next season. He's, everything with him depends on next season. You know, he says he's got, he says he's got plans for next season. I've got plans for next season too. I haven't all. I'm hoping to go back to the game. Okay, so you got plans yeah. for next season? Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping to go. Yeah. <laughs> See, we all got plans. It's just yeah. it, it, I think beggars belief. For, for me, just just two quick points on what you've just the pair of you've just been talking about there. I think with the Frank Lampard thing, Jody Morris is underestimated on what Jody Morris brought to that coaching team. This is why I brought up Liam Rossinia. Yeah. And I mean Liam Rossinia talks probably one of the best games you could possibly talk, but the proof's in the pudding. Ever since he's been at Derby, Derby haven't been that good. Let's just, let's just throw it out there. And you're quite right. Rooney's coaching staff, because of finances, more than likely, let's, let's get it right, more, more than likely because of finances, it got jumbled together. Now, we don't know because it wouldn't come out. Obviously, any, any press conferences, talk of takeover, talk of transfer targets, talk of this... Nobody in the media is going to turn around and go, oh, by the way, are you bringing in a new goalkeeping coach and a new assistant manager to join you? They're not kind of the questions that get asked, which technically are probably important questions. That's not to say that those aren't going to transition. Yeah. They may, they may or may not, depending on, on, on if you're staying. And the second point, I think, what I'm about to say is it, it can work for either way. This can work for with Rooney or without Rooney. Our squad is going to be decimated in summer. We know, we know this. We know this. Mm. With the right finance, if the backers, if Eric does, Mr. Alonso does take over and the money is there, it needs to be spent wisely. But there is an opportunity to spend it. And there is an opportunity to bring in 10 players near yeah. enough. Near, near I, enough, a whole new squad. I, I feel that's where we're at. I generally yeah, feel that is too. where we're at. 
100% me too. And that's the thing. Do you give that to some... This is going to... Obviously, this is the key decision. If Derby stay up. If Derby don't stay up, it's going to be completely different. But if Derby do stay up, that's that's the genuine question. Who's the better person to give that reign to? Yeah. Rooney says he wants to work on next season. Every manager in this position would say... Any, any manager, surely... Any manager who is with a team sat in 21st place will turn around and say, I need to strengthen in the summer. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in 21st. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. But he gets the opportunity to do it. Now, if that is with Wayne, if that's with an, another manager, and we'll leave that open as to whoever it may well be, because, you know, if, if that happens, I, I'm not going to name names because I don't really know who's, who's in and around and who would be worth a shot, to be it's honest. Gonna, I, I personally think if we get a new manager as well, it, it's going to be someone that's already at a club and we've got to try and poach them away. Exactly. Which finances unless, again. Unless we bring McLaren down from... <laughs> from but from we, don't need, we don't need McLaren 3.0. Or four well, I don't. Do you know what? I would have taken him. I generally would have so taken him. So would I. He, he, he's again. He's. You, you saw it on Rams TV. You saw it on Sky Sports coverage. The camera was panning up to Steve McLaren all the time. He's, he's, he's not been. He's not been seen in six in three months. I, I know he's still. Well, I believe he's still. Yes, he no, club. he is. He's still there. He's you know still, what I mean? Covered by hair McLaren is still at the club. <laughs> what's not? What's changed? For me, something seems, feels like it's changed a little bit with that role and with that connection. Now, we've, it was always said that McLaren is a coach. Back in Jim's day, McLaren was a coach. As soon as McLaren left Derby, back in the, back in the late 90s, Derby went to shit and got relegated out of the Premier League. It's not a coincidence. As soon as he joined Man United with Sir Alex, they took another step. Yeah. The, the two, three times he's been at Derby, it, it's elevated Derby both times for a, for a shorter period of time. I'll, I'll, I'll get that. But something over this last three months has changed with him, uh, with, with that relationship for me. Hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know what that is, but I certainly, exactly like you've just said there, Simon, if th- there was an opportunity, Rooney needs a right-hand man. I don't think Rossini is the right man. No. I, I'm not saying, I'm not knocking his credentials at all. I just think he needs somebody else. Yeah. And, and and for me, McLaren, if he wanted to, I'd I'd, I'd do what I could. I'd, I seriously would. If I was the owner coming in or whatever, whatever situation happens behind the scenes, I'd be wanting McLaren on that bench or up in the stands doing what, you know, technically he was doing as a manager, as a coach. But you just don't see him anymore. So you just don't know what kind of involvement he's having. Now, that might be Wayne turning around and saying, hang on a minute, I've got my own ideas here. That's that's exactly what I thought is, is happened, is that, you know, we brought McLaren in. McLaren was there to sort of help him out. Yeah. All of a sudden he goes on a good run, goes, actually, I think I've got this myself. Don't worry yeah, about yeah. it, I'll sort it. And then... No, but if that's the, the case, that is so naive and the inexperience there kicks in again. Never. In, in no walk of life, no matter how old you are, in whatever you do, if somebody's offering you advice, just, you don't have to take it on board, but listen, Jesus Christ, listen, because <laughs> yeah. you just never know out, out of whatever it may well be, there might be one thing that gets plucked out that might change the way that things work in any walks of life, certainly in football, McLaren's been there, done it. You know, he, he's this is the thing. So, yeah, that they're the things for me. And obviously, all these questions are going to get answered, but that we're not going to know what what we're playing with until obviously game forty six of the season on on May seventh or whenever it is. But 
there are there are pieces there for me, Simon. There are pieces at Derby that work, and it just needs reshuffling. Bits yeah. added. Let, let me let me, Jason. Can I build off your point about the Go. assistant manager? I'm going to make two plus two equals five here, and I'm going to draw some conclusions, and I'm going to speculate, Simon. <laughs> Okay. We'll have some speculation. Go on, fire away. The Telegraph are linking Liam Rossini with the vacant England under 21 job. Okay. Liam Rossini is very well thought of within the FA because they gave him the role to get um, black and Asian ethnic minorities into uh, football. Yeah. He's on the council and everything like that. Nicky Butt has just left Manchester United because he had some sort of issue of not being in the first team. Nicky Butt's going to come and be the Derby County assistant manager in the offseason as Liam Rossini is slowly shown the exit door as he gets an FA because he's kind of an FA man. So that was and that will solidify Rooney, you see. And then you'll have the Man United, Rooney, Nicky Butt, Steve McLaren, and then they'll they'll get together. And then slowly you'll start to see Shea given. I was gonna say let's bring Edwin Edwin Van der Sar in as goalkeeping coach. We'll take it we'll take is him it, as a United it, legend. Isn't it like a director of football from Ajax? Right. Oh maybe maybe not him then. <laughs> because I mean I obviously the Nicky Butt thing I mean I think it was Ryan, I spoke to this about with on my show with Ryan, um, and he was sort of saying, suggesting that this it's is BS. Basically, I think there was something about him. He wanted to, but maybe wanted to be a director of football or something like that, and be involved, like say, in the first team. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, he's got he's got coaching credentials, and it, and to be honest, you know, if if Rooney wants somebody like that on the touchline, somebody he knows he can trust. That's fine. I'm. I just think something. We either get a new manager. We. The thing, the problem is, and I think the problem that a lot of people have with the likes of Rossini and Rooney, etc., and things like this, is when Cocker was in charge. He obviously brought his own men, you know, um, in in Van der Veen and, and Twan Sheepers in, um, and Liam Rossini was then brought in as well. I think that was by Morris. When that was a weird. That was a weird marriage. Oh, we, we've we've brought Liam Rossini in for you, so just so you can get used to the English game. That was a weird, that was a very weird, uh, you know. It, it didn't make any sense. And obviously, of course, Shea Given was there from when... Uh, Frank Lampard, Lampard, which is also weird why he's still still there. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It's bring the manager in, let him bring who he wants in, you know, assistant-wise and coach-wise, sack everyone else off. At one point, it just, it, the whole, let's have a quad manager role of four people. Managing by committee. Yeah, stupid idea. You've got Rooney on the pitch. You've got Rossini yelling at him. It's like well, you've got Givens on his Given iPad. On his iPad. You know, it just <laughs> the thing. You've got just, with Rooney, Justin Walker what, sat there with brew in his hand. You think, what's going off? You know, the, the thing with Rooney Simon is what experience has he got to know who he has as an assistant? Frank had knew Jody Morris was absolutely tearing it up at Chelsea's academy. There was only one man that Lampard was ever going to pick for oh, that yeah. assistant's role. Frank Frank will always, you know what I mean? You, yeah. Look at the Cowley brothers. They'll never be parted. You look you at Martin O'Neill and John Robertson. Yeah. You, you, Robbo exactly. and Martin are always together. They were yeah. a package deal. You look at Frank and Jody will always be together. And I think Rooney just need. I think he, he'll know who he can trust. He'll know you know, obviously he might not have worked with them or anything like that before, but he'll know who he can trust. It will no doubt if, he, if let's, we'll, we'll go on to the takeover, but um, in a minute, just short after this, but he'll know if he gets the chance, the opportunity to bring somebody in, to bring a, a, a right-hand man in, he'll know the exact person that he needs. Um, and I think if we are going to keep him on, if he does stay on, then he needs that support of the, the, the coaching staff. 
I, I like your theory. Your theory is a very good theory because I think the Rossini will take that England 21's job because, I mean, that that England 21 role has been needed reshuffling for a long time. Mm. Um, I'm not getting into that, but... <laughs> Simon, my idea is solid because I'm a genius. But yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's good. It, well, if it happens, you know... It, it, then we'll we'll credit you that and we'll we'll put it on a plaque and we'll hang it outside prior part for you. Corey Hancock predicted this <laughs> on the 17th of April 2021. <laughs> I wanna I wanna I wanna shoot one name in for the assistant manager just before like say you move on to the takeover Simon. And I don't know what his role is at this moment in time with Manchester United, but Michael Carrick sounds a name to me that would I think be interested. I, I seriously do think Michael Carrick could well be interested. Yeah, I, that's a. It's not a bad shout because I think I believe he's gone into a coaching role, hasn't he? Mm. Um, whether it's with the under twenty threes or with so the first you, team, you see him on the first team bench quite a bit, and whatever he may well be. But assistant manager with Rooney, there's more appealing for it. But again, finances and everything like that. Would you? You're only going to leave United for Derby if it, mm. if it if it's absolutely right. Yeah, of course. But I'm I'm just trying to think as we're talking other names that you know really jump out as connections with with Rooney. Mm. Carrick now, there probably not a bad shout. Yeah, I mean one thing I saw today, I think I can't remember if it was on Facebook, Twitter, something like that, was that Wayne Rooney is probably one of the highest paid managers in the league. He's on something like three point six four million pound a year. And it's around about 2 million more than most championship managers. So that for me has got to change. Yeah. He can't be earning that wedge while he's in the championship. No. God forbid he goes to League One. And he's That's why another reason why I don't think he'll stay because we won't be able to afford paying that much. But anyway, we can talk about Rooney for another three hours. We'll move on to the takeover because obviously a lot of this depends on the takeover. So you must have obviously everybody's heard right now. We've now a longer saga than the Star Wars saga. Oh God, jeez. Well, I love the Star Wars saga. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I've, I've spoke about the takeover and I've, I've obviously had Salam on this. You know, we, we spoke about what happened with Sheikh Khalid and obviously the backer pulling out um, and then he's been sort of hanging around waiting for other backers. Um, but whilst that's been in progress, um, he also has been talking, Mal Morris has been talking to uh, Spanish, well, former Spanish boxer, if you call him that, um, entrepreneur as well, uh, Eric Alonso. Now, uh, Eric Alonso, then it's it's... So Simon, you could you could say he's delivered the knockout punch. Yeah, <laughs> you could do. You could say that. You could say he's delivered the knockout punch. That's a that, boom boom moment. That is. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that jokes are us. You know. It's fine. It took me a week to think of it. <laughs> so Eric Alonso then obviously came in, and there was a statement was made that they've agreed to sell the club to Eric Alonso, um, and they're waiting for EFL approval. No further comment will be made. And we all know how that went. A day later, we're, there's three different interviews over about two days. Um, Sky Sports, Talk Sport and Radio Derby, of course. Now, Eric Alonso himself, then, a lot of people have dug up things about him. There's, there's, there's stuff that he was part of the Vox political party in Spain, which is a far-right political party. Now, I don't do politics. I have no idea what left, right, centre, up, down is at all. But from what I've read, it's believes in bad stuff like anti-immigration, anti-abortion. I don't bloody know. I don't really care because it's not, you know. But he, on his interview, said, no, wasn't anything to do with him. Um, 
they've used his name because of where 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 he lives or where he lived in 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 uh, in Spain. He's a popular figure, so they tried to so they use his name to try and influence people. Um, then we've heard he's a world champion boxer, but it turns out actually he's not. But again, he sort of crushed these rumors again and says, "No, I say I'm a world champion boxer because I managed someone to boxing um, to a world championship." Now he did, and I can't remember the guy's name, but there's a guy in Indonesia that I think he got like the light heavyweight or something like that title. Manny Pacquiao. No, it, it was oh. some. No, I'm just kidding. I know it's not Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found out the, the name the other day, and I. I I wrote it down somewhere on my phone, but it seems to have disappeared. But he did, the, the boxer did win, you know, he did win titles. Um, you know, so there was that rumour, uh, you know, and then there was people, you know, I think Kieran Maguire said that he'll have Indonesian backer of a guy called Raja, I can't even say his name. Go on. I, I can't, Raja Sapta, and I don't know how you pronounce his last name. I generally don't. It's terrible, isn't it? Um, but again, you know, and this guy is, he, he owns, apparently he owns mine, uh, uh, mines in Indonesia. He's on the committee for the Olympics, etc. things like this. And that apparently is a hoax. And actually, you know, that was Kerry Maguire said that. The press took hold of that. Eric Alonso's interview, he said, no, it's my own money. You know, he's, you know, he says he's made his, you know, he's, he's a wealthy man. You know, he owns hotels, vineyards, you know, I don't know. I think the problem is a lot of people don't know much about him. Another thing as well that went out, this is what I'm talking about. It just doesn't seem like it's a, it's a great shout, but again, he, he, he goes against everything that was said. So apparently, you know, he said he's been in talks with Sheffield Wednesday and, and Cardiff. So Sheffield Wednesday, we all, you guys, obviously you can talk to me about that in a minute. Um, because you know about that, and then the Cardiff as well. Well, he said he's had he's been talking to clubs for a while. Now Cardiff said, Yeah, we spoke on the phone, but nothing was really done. But for me, he's still spoken to them about buying the club, you know. So again, it's it's one of these things that you've got to look at from both sides, I feel, you know, and he has got a bad rep for, for one reason or another. A lot of people are skeptical. So my first question is then, guys, what uh, Jason, I'll go to you. What What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I I, <laughs> I went on a bit of a rant on uh, the last on our last podcast about this, uh, and basically let's just sum that up in a little bit quicker. Um, I said anybody who was 29 years old coming in to take over a, a football club of of championship level, I think any level really in professional football for a 29 year old is, you know, it's one of those where I'd be worried from the offset. I think as you well, rightly well said, Simon, there's plenty of things for and against why we should back him, why we should believe him, why we shouldn't believe him, why, you know, we should think he's, he might be toxic for the club. There's lots, but my, my point was, is it really any worse than what we've got at the minute? Not really. No, no disrespect to Mel at all, but he wants to. He wants to leave. He wants to sell the club. And, and anybody who wants, you know, I know I'm putting this in a very silly way, and I'm not talking about my wife when I say this. But you think when you're married, and you just know your marriage is over. Don't lie. You are talking about your wife, Jason. I'm sorry. We can change this to a counselling one if you want. It's fine. But, no, but you know, when when you you just you feel your relationship's done 
Yeah. But taking that step of divorce, it, it drags a lot of people into some very dark places. Mm. And I think that's where Mel is at this moment in time. And I said to Corey, you know, what you've got to now, what you've got to question is, is I'll only sell the club to somebody I believe is right for Derby County. I think that went out the window six months ago, at least, in, in my personal opinion. And I think now he's probably looking at it, knowing where the club is, looking at COVID finances. He's just looking for the best deal for him personally. And I would not blame him 100%. I, I really wouldn't. Um, he's done a lot for Derby County. Not all of it positive, let's put it that way. But at the end of the day, you know, he's he's been a decent chairman. We've certainly had better. We've certainly had worse, in my opinion. So th that's on Mel. But in terms of Alonso, as I say, for me personally, I think Derby are very much at a crossroads. Yeah. They want to sell. Mel wants to sell. Somebody... Somebody's coming in. It's as simple as that. Somebody's coming in. So who's it going to be? At this moment in time, we do believe it's going to be Eric Alonso. I would, I think personally, me talking now as a fan, I would rather him throw at it whatever he wants, do whatever he wants over the next 18 months, two years, and watch Derby crash and burn if it didn't work out. Because I don't think where Derby are at the minute is, a, is any better. I, I, I just... It doesn't, for me, feel any better. Even if Mel turned around tomorrow and went, right, I'm breaking off negotiations. I, 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 something about him, I don't want to sell. I'll continue to bankroll the club, but I'm putting no money in. What's that? Where, where's that put in Derby County? Mm. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate there are a lot of football clubs out there at this moment in time with chairmen that won't put money in and you know, they just do survive. Corey, you'll know we spoke to uh, Ryan at Rovers chat about Blackburn and the Venkis and things like that where they're not interested in, in putting money in into, Derby County, uh, into Blackburn Rovers and things like that. But that's where I am with it. I, I, I just, I personally don't see how it can get any worse, really, than it's been. I mean, Simon, you'll know, Corey, you'll know, we've had owners in the past where it, it was very dark. It was very irregular. It was very whatever you want to call it. And it, it stinks of it at the minute for, for whatever reason. I think it's done. it's been done in a different way, but at the ownership at the moment. But at the end of the day, when the likes of Gadsby took over, uh, you know, back off, back control off of the three amigos and things like that, Derby's finances were absolutely destroyed. Mm. Derby County's finances at this moment in time, without knowing the full facts and figures, but I'm I'm taking a punt and I think I'm pretty close. Derby County's finances at this moment in time are just as bad, if not worse. When you've got loans on your training ground and your stadium, Absolutely. you know financially you are in the shit. Mm. You Absolutely. Know. So I I just I don't see where unless Mel as I say, if Mel went tomorrow, right, I'm calling off negotiations. I'm, I'm actually, I've had a turn, of, I've had a turn, of, you know, change of art, whatever. There's a blank check. Do what you want with it. Mm. Unless that's going to come, Derby County are in shit. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that Eric Alonso is going to go, there's a blank check. And, and you can't because of FFP. Yeah. But I think, same with any player, any manager, and I do think it goes to the ownership as well. Not so much, not so much, but I think at this moment in time, it just phases through time. The, the, the phases through time, it comes to a point where everybody just goes, "It's time for change." Yeah. And I think it's been time for change at Derby for quite for a bit, um, probably the last eighteen months. I, I honestly do think that. And as I say, then you're at, you're at the gods of who's going to take you over. Yeah. You can get you can get the owners like at Leicester City who, who really propel you. You can get the owners like, like you know 
Cholton and, and Blackpool, you know, whatever. It's a 50-50 gamble. But I think I, I, at this moment in time, I can't see it getting any better under the current setup. No. So why not? Why not accept him? Why not grace him in? I know that's not always the Derby way. Uh, we, we like to get on the backs of people like that and, and criticise before we've even seen it. Yeah. But that that personally is my opinion. I don't see what Derby have got to lose. As a, as a fan, I don't see what I've got to lose um, at this moment in time. And let's be right here, Simon. I know you're a little bit older than 29. Um, but if you were... <laughs> yeah, me too. Bit. Only a little bit. <laughs> if I was 29 and I had got 100 million burning burning in my pocket and I went to Derby, I, went, I took over Derby County and spent that un, spent 75 million of that. Yeah. And it didn't work in 18 months. I'd be fucking straight out of there. Mm. I really would. So we could be back into this scenario in 18 months' time. But I would rather... I think the big point is it's time for change. It might yeah. be right, it might be wrong. We'll know in you know time in the future, but that's that's where I come from. It so don't knock the lad before he's before he's took over. Yes, there's great stories about him. There's not so great stories about him. There's great stories about Mel Morris. There's not so great stories about Mel Morris. There's great you know you know what I mean. It's it, this is the thing, and I, I like to be. I like to just make my decisions based on what I'm seeing. Yeah. yeah. And until he's in the door, who knows? Yeah. Who, who, who seriously knows? But I, th I think you're, you know, I'm a half cup full guy rather yeah, than yeah. A half cup empty. Yeah. He could do, he could do wonders for Derby. He could, he could burn them. He, re he really could. But as I say, I just don't think at this moment in time, it gets any better under the current, under the current regime, because from what he said, the amount of money and whatever else he's thinking of putting in and that kind of thing, that's just not there. Going into summer with Mel Morris still in charge, yes. is he going to give the next man the manager of Derby County in the summer 50 million to spend? Not, <sighs> not happening. Is he giving him 20 million? Not happening. Is he giving him 10 million? Probably not happening. No. So anybody who's willing to go, there you go. Actually, if you want 20 million or however much it may well be, it, it, there you go. You can have that and do what you want with it. That, for me, as a fan, is more exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's saying all the right things. You know, he's he's posting uh, pictures and stuff on, on, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Ryan O'Meara's, like, I don't know if he's happy or not that he's nicked his picture, but... <laughs> um, but he's putting the good times will return. And then today he posted um, the, 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 the poem from uh, Jamie Thras... Thras Thrasavalulu, you know what? I played rugby with like his brother or his cousin or something. And we just used to call him Thras. So, <laughs> um, but he posted that poem and said, "We fight, we dig in, we are Derby." You know, so he seems to be saying the right things. You know, he spoke about getting us into the Champions League, and people are laughing at him. Mate, who we looking to survive the Championship? Yeah, but you know, let him talk like that. You know, but this was for the future. This is things. This is things he wants to do, not necessarily going to do next season. You know, he talks about spending 150 million on the squad if he had to. If he's got the money and we're with him, with him FFP and it goes up, spend 150 million. You know, what? why are we laughing at that? You know, he, he says he wants, you know, he said, you know, in his interviews, he says he wants to um, sort of make a foreign recruitment network where he can bring in young, foreign, talented players. I'm all for that. And I'm sure, Corey, you are, because our recruitment, let's be honest, over the last how many years, you know, six, seven years, 
has been poor, very, very poor, you know, when it comes to buying players with decent sell-on value and, and you know, and, and things like that. It's not been good. We seem to go, let's buy championship players to get us into the Premier League. It's not going to work like that, you know. So this guy's obviously come with a plan. You know, he's obviously ambitious. You know, people go, where's he getting his money from? Does it matter? We all know Mal Morris got his money um, from selling the uh, Candy Crush or whatever it is. But he didn't just get all his money from that. You know, he's had other businesses in the past that you won't hear about, you won't read about. Just because we're not, we don't know where he's getting. If, if the AFL approve it, they will show, they will see his proof of funds. They will see he'll be able to run a football club for the next two years. And, and like Jason said, yeah, you know, it is time for a change. You know, there's a lot of people have had enough now of Mel Morris. You know, they'll thank him for what he's done and what he's tried to achieve. But when they look at the bigger picture, they go, well, actually, we're in a worse state than when he brought us. We're sat hovering above relegation. When he when, and when he came in, we were like pushing, you know, playoff. Yeah, we just got to the playoff final. So, you know, we, we, has he really, you can say the academy, you know, tell me the academy players that have come through and gone on to bigger and better things since he's been here. You know, he's he spent that money on the academy, but has it really paid off? You know, Will Hughes and Jeff Hendrick, well, they were here before, you know, in the academy before he came. You know, they're the only two players that I can think of on the top of my head. I might be missing someone that have made it from the academy into the Premier League. So has he really improved the academy? He might have spent all that money on it, but is he actually improving it? The you only know, others you can call there, Simon, are probably Jaden Bogle and, and Max Lowe, but they're, they're going to be back down to the, the championship next season. next season. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it, it beggars belief, you know. So, you know, if, if Eric Alonso, like I say, the one thing I will say, you say 29, ambition. He's full of it. He's full of ambition. At 29, he wants to get, you know, I, I, I've owned a football club. I took this club from, you know, di the dire straits. They were in the absolute financial ruin. They were, you know, hovering above relegation. And in three, four years, I've taken them. And now they're in the champion, you know, the Champions League. Essentially, he obviously wants to do a Leicester City with us. That's, that's his idea. And I'm all for that. I'm sure many of us would like to see Derby in the position that Leicester City are in. You know, some say we're rivals. I'm actually quite, you know, other, others say now they're nothing to do with us. Um, but I'm actually, you know, I, I, I quite like watching Leicester and seeing how well they've done. You know, a Midlands club, you know, not, not the biggest. But look at them. They're in the Premier League. They're competing in the Champions League. They are going places. You know, in a couple of years, I, I believe Leicester City will be one of the top four teams if they continue on the rise that they're going on. I'd, I'd take a slice of that compared to where we are at this moment in time, staring relegation in the face. <laughs> exactly, because if we drop to League One, it's I, I don't think it's going to be a case of we're going to bounce straight back up, regardless if we've got Alonso with us or not. I still think it's going to take a couple of seasons to rebuild because he's going to have to spend a lot of money on the squad. And obviously with wage caps and whatnot in the uh, lower leagues, it's going to be tough. Um, so I, I personally am all for it. You know, because something's got to give. And if, you know, Mel Morris apparently has had three offers. One was for Americans that have remained unnamed, um, who have basically said, you've got to stay in the championship, though. So, again, we don't know if we're going to stay in the championship. Another is, you know, a local firm. Who it is, I don't know. People have thrown out names. Um, like, um, who have I heard? Who was the guy that was there? Kirkland. Um, be the usual suspect, Simon. Cat yeah, Caitlin Gatsby. Gatsby. I've heard their names and everything yeah. like that. 
Um, and then obviously we've got Alonso. So, you know, Mel's had, Mel's had his choices and Mel's picked Alonso for whatever reason, you know, for me, I, I'd personally, you know, you've got to give him, you know, the, the benefit of the doubt. I mean, obviously Sheffield Wednesday, he, he, he almost bought, he tried to buy it for 25 to 30 million. So clearly he's got some dosh. I mean, Corey, you, you've obviously spoke to the guy from the Sheffield Star. You know, what, what happened at Sheffield Wednesday? Can you tell us about it? Because one thing is, one thing is an advisor. The next is trying to buy the club. Yeah. So um, it was an interesting conversation. I talked with uh, Dom Housen from the, uh, let me make sure I get, Dom's information, right? The Sheffield, he's the Sheffield Wednesday writer at the Yorkshire Live, right? So he's been covering Sheffield a long time. So we reached out to him when this kind of news broke and and whatever to find out a little bit more about him because, like you say, Simon, he's a bit of an enigma. Uh, you don't really know how to kind of take him, right? It can be yeah. one thing or the other, a mixture of whatever near things things. So we thought we sat down with we thought we'd sat sit down with Dom and, and you can um Simon will will um, we'll send this to you to tweet out if you want. Um it's in our it's on our blog on our website as well who is Eric Alonso. So yeah um he was brought in he was brought in by Chansiri to be an advisor. And in this advisor he was brought in to do um commercial things, bring deals, bring sponsorships, bring more advertising into the club. But Don told me that the entire year that he was at Sheffield Wednesday, there was no deal ever announced. There's no mega deals ever done by him. So it was kind of like, all right, so what's he really doing? And Chansiri has a right-hand man named Amadou um, Paxal. And Alonzo wanted to be the right-hand man to Chansiri, but he already had his right-hand man, right? Um, yeah. So he was trying to do this stuff. And then it got a bit strange because he was getting influential with Chansiri. And then what he did is, he started telling people, if you want to sign, I want Paul Cook to be Sheffield Wednesday manager, right? This was around uh, Christmas time of 2020, right? Yeah. So not too long ago. Um, and he was saying, you know, you, you want to go, I, I want, I want, you know, we want to get Paul Cook and we want to get Paul Cook. And then he was going into the transfer window saying, if you want to sign players, you have to talk to me. If you want to talk to people at Sheffield Wednesday, you want to talk to me. And he was telling not only people, he was telling fans on, on social media, doing this kind of charm offensive, but he was also telling agents. He was also telling players. He was also telling CEOs. And Chansiri was like, well, wait a minute. I'm the boss here because Chansiri rules Sheffield Wednesday, right? It's his thing. He owns it. He's very hands-on. So they kind of like fell out. And then I don't know if they fell out or whatever, but then Alonzo put a bid in at 25, 35 million, like you say, for Sheffield Wednesday. And that was dismissed out of hand because of two reasons. One, Hillsborough, uh, they did something very similar to Hillsborough that Darby did with Pride Park and Hillsborough is valued at like 60 million. <laughs> so I'm not going to sell a club for 25 million when I value the stadium at 60. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and second of all, Chancery wasn't looking to sell. So they kind of had this fallen out afterward and he put a very cryptic like a uh, tw tw uh, Twitter thing out that said his story will come out in time and whatever. So it was a really strange thing. It was. Um, yeah, it was just. Uh, it was such a strange, like weird footnote in Chan series thing that he came and and whatever. And I talked to Dom and he said that he never gave an interview at all in his time there. So he knew from people and he knew from talking to him, he never gave like a formal interview. Um, I actually just checked his Instagram account. He's at the Copa del Rey today uh, in, in Spain. Um, and so, you know, talking to him, it was like, all right, how's this, how's this going to do it? He said, you know, is he independently wealthy? He's got some money, but 
you did have some Indonesia, uh, Indonesian backers. And I know I put Filipino on the, on the Twitter and I meant to write Indonesian, but I forgot to read the blog when whatever. So it is, it is Indonesian backers. But then, like you say, we hear the news that the Indonesian guy's like, oh, I'm not part of this. And then he's making claims that he owes ba- uh, Bali United in Indonesia. And then the owner of Bali United's like, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. And then you hear this thing, like you hear all these very strange things. So I really don't know. I really don't know what to believe, but I think, you know, Dom said, and, and we talked about this here that he wants, he wants being a football club owner on his CV. He wants to be able to take a team yeah. and, and be like a Phoenix club and rise through their lengths. And I, I, and I agree with everything that Jason said. I think that, you know, it's going to go one of two ways because Darby, we both, we all know this Darby don't do things by halves. It's either going to go spectacularly right. Yeah. And in five years we'll be champions league champions mm. or in five years time we'll be bust. I mean, it, it's, it's literally that's the way it kind of goes with Derby County. Yeah. You, you know that, right? You either you either end up with that was Mel Morris's five year plan. Yeah, but you either end up you with like Jason Count and Harry Wilson, or you end up with Jamie Patterson and Kieran Dowell, or yeah. you end up with um, you know, uh, can't think of, you end up with like a Leon Best, right? On the other end, on the other spectrum of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Connor Sorry, I, I just couldn't think of anybody more crap than Leon Best. Hey, don't be dissing Connor Salmon. <laughs> yeah, Connor Salmon's a cult here at a ledge. Don't so, even, Simon's I don't a even doppelganger. Hey. Yeah, it's because it's because it's the bald haired thing, Jason. They all got to stick together. We all stick together. We have to. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird thing, and I think like, look, I, I'm willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, mm. and I'm more than happy to sit here in two years' time and say, Simon, I'm going to eat some humble pie here. I'm not. I'm not thinking he's the Messiah. I'm not thinking he's coming in here with blank checks. Just you know, like he's in a club and he's flipping out all the singles and like whatever. Okay. Honestly, guys, you're Rudy's, listening to this. I've Rudy, just watched Corey Dutton's yeah. pretend he's in a 50 cent music video. Uh, yeah. 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 So, Unbelievable. you know, Rudy's not dancing on stage and he's throwing singles at him. It's not happening with the Grey Goose. And whatever. That's a, that's a great, how gross is that? Wayne Rooney and his Speedo. Oh, yeah. I don't think me in a speedo. Ugh, that's not good either. <laughs> What's more ugly right now, Darby's league position or me in a speedo? I know the answer to that one. Find out in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that that did not go over well. Don't don't do that at a company picnic either. That's <laughs> not, a, not a good idea when they go to a water park. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt because I think you you. Derby fans can sometimes, especially with players, right? They make a debut, they make a mistake, and then they get on them immediately. And you need time to build this up. I think Derby's at a very interesting position right now in their history because for the first time in, what, Simon, 10, 15 years, Derby are in, Derby are really struggling. Yes, they've been relegated before. Yes, they've had, I know, probably this is the most struggles they've had since that time when the three amigos and they were like 24 hours away from being liquidated. Yeah. Darby are at a precipice here, both in league position and in ownership, because if this deal does not go through, let's say the EFL come back and say he's not a fit and proper owner, it would kick the fan base in the gut. Yeah. It would kick. We weren't surprised that, that nothing happened with BZG. It, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, we knew it wasn't happening because we just, it was anticlimactic when they made the statement. But if Darby go down, I don't see how Eric Alonso pays the money to buy this club. Because I certainly wouldn't. And that's been, the, when you look at Newcastle, that's the problem with Newcastle. Mike Ashley can't sell it because he wants like 400 million and it could be in the championship in three weeks time. So why yeah, would I pay that when it could be worth a quarter? Well, that's it, isn't it? You know, you think right? about so, it. Yeah. So Darby, you know, let's say whatever he's paying, I think it's, I think I read something about 40 million 
thereabouts. I doubt he's playing that. There's no way right. he's playing. What, well, what, what, personally, I think what's going to happen is, is he's going to basically clear the debt and he'll get the club for nothing. Right. I think that's what's going to happen. But he goes down to League One. That's catastrophic for this football club. It might be. It might be. This is controversial. But it might be the reset that Derby County need. Because oh, look without at, doubt. Look at Leicester. Look at Blackburn. We talked to the lads at Blackburn, and they were like, the, the reset was needed. Yeah. Because and you you can see this. And I remember the Sunderland knock, uh, documentary on Netflix, right? You can see inside the boardroom on how they're trying to do things. And plus, also, now that you know that the Papa John's pizza trophy is like right there, don't you kind of want it? I kind of want it. I love watching them games, you know. Yeah, but I just kind of want to win the Papa John's pizza trophy so Darby can win silverware in my lifetime. Who knows? It might be a different. It was gone from like the Johnston's paint trophy. Isn't it? it better be the Papa John's trophy. I mean, <laughs> I guess I'm still already got Papa that. John's paint trophy champion shirts printed. <laughs> it's not bad. They're, I, they're I in, the they're in the mail. Technically, Corey, we could enter our under 23s in that. So they, they'd probably have off a shout because most of them are in our first team. So it'd be exactly. Uh, it'd be first team. It would be but similar. I think, I think that this football club, it's very, a very interesting position. And I hope that, I hope that Derby, um, stay up obviously i do i'm not going to sit here on a darby county podcast who spends how many hours a week do we spend on this podcast jason 10 or 15 more than what we probably should yeah definitely <laughs> right and I and go, yeah and sit here and go i want them to get relegated but if eric alonzo's deal falls through it'll kick the fans in the gut mm. and the fans i think it'll turn a lot of people away and i think when fans do come back into stands they won't come back in in, in mass because they'll find other things to do. They'll have lost a connection. Do you feel as connected, Simon, to the football club? Uh, this is something what you did said. a year ago? No, I've seen this uh, a lot on actually on social media. You know, a lot of people feel distancing from the club. You know, whether it's because we've not been there, um, whether it's down to how shite the season's been, or whether it's just been the communication from the club. We yeah, don't I feel mean, part of this club anymore. Right. And I think that's the point. Sorry, Corey, to cut across you yeah, for right. change, but that's the point about the t- that's the point about the takeover, about the the restart, about it, it, it's time for somebody else to have ownership of Derby County to to build those bridges, mm. to make those changes, to to reconnect. Because we know Simon, you'll even know uh, Corey. I know you you do come over, but obviously, me and Simon go week in week out. It's since Lampard left. It's not been the it's not been the same. Nowhere near. No. And I think even even that, even a little bit before that, it probably wasn't. But that obviously that marquee thing, and obviously the team were doing well, so that brought it back as well. But this it's all these little things, not just on the field, and and that's the big thing, isn't it? Derby aren't just poor on the field; it's poor off the field as well. It's catastrophic off the field, um, and it's all these little bridges that need rebuilding a lot. And I think to pick up on one of your points, Corey, just before I let you carry on, is that. If, if Eric Alonso does take over and you were saying that Derby, the supporter base is, can be fickle at times. If he comes in, does everything what he said, made all these promises, but then goes a little bit quiet in that first couple of months, there's no marquee signing in, in the transfer window in January or something like that. Bang, straight away, everybody will be on his back. Straight and that's, away. A, that's a good point, Jason. I mean, he's made a rod for his own back. And he's, mm. and he said in interviews, we've all seen it, where he's like, if there's, tw- if there's a 20 million pound player available and we want him, we'll go and get him. You can't do that with FFP. And you can do whatever you want with the ownership, but FFP goes back three years. So he's still saddled with whatever financial mess there is for another couple of years before it completely sorts itself out. I think, I and, think when he said that, that if we find a 20 million player, 
I think he was just exaggerating. I think what it means is he's not if he's finding the right player for the right price. Yeah, if he can get a player yeah. that he knows he can pl- get a profit on. Right, well, I, I agree. Spend that money on him. That, that's a that's a perfect business model. But what I would say, Simon, is I would love Darby to have a model like Brentford. I would love them to be have a model like Leicester. But it's easier said than done. Oh yeah, without doubt, it's, it's massively easier said than done. And you can't just pick up a scouting network and be like Brentford mm-hmm. in a year, eighteen months. It takes five or six years to the scouts to embed, and and there are a lot of mishits and everything like that. But just like Jason said, and I one hundred percent agree. He has now come out. He has said this. And, and yes, rational people, Simon, like myself, some time to time, you and Jason, we're going to know what he means when he says, I'm going to spend 20 million pounds on a player. We know what that means. But for the layman in the street, yeah, yeah. not not the layman, because we're not, we're not, it's not like we're omniscient. No, for that, for those people that are just reading headlines. Right. For, for headline readers or for people that don't necessarily sit back and think about Derby County for the amount of ridiculously large amount of time that we do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're going to read that and go, well, he's, he's, he signed this guy from Peterborough. He signed this guy from whatever. And it, it's not sexy. And the club's at a very difficult position because if this goes wrong, if this goes belly up, it's going to turn a lot of fans off. Mm. Now, now I can sit, you can sit here, Simon, and, 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 and people could sit here and comment you and send you DMS. And if they do, please let me know because they'll sit here and they'll go, well, I love Derby County. The fans will always be there. And if you don't like Derby County, and you don't want to go, then don't go. Mm. But I have seen this in the United States with major league baseball, mm-hmm. major league baseball was the largest sport in the United States, the most popular game. They went on strike in the midnight in the early nineties and that half their season got lost. Mm-hmm. And that's when the NFL took over and baseball was too big to fail because people found other things to do. You've had a pandemic with 15 months of people finding other things to do. Yeah. They're going to come back. Like you say, you feel, you feel disconnected and you're a season ticket holder. And so does Jason and he's a season ticket holder. I've always been disconnected because I got notion, but you feel disconnected. You found other things to do at weekend with your kids and your wife and your family and things that you like, enjoy doing. I know you like gardening, right? Mm. You did a, manac- manac- a, a, a very nice job on your garden, by the way, <laughs> mint. You should be Derby County groundsman. But you found, you found other things that you like to do. Yeah. Other hobbies and other things and whatever. And then they're going to come back. Darby could struggle and you're going to go, you know, I'm not going to go this week. I'm going to find something else to do. So Eric Alonso's made a rod for his own back. And if it spells spectacularly, Darby will always be the banter club. So that's at least there'll always be somebody, whatever. But it's the same token. If you, if you look at this from the other side of the A52, if we were Nottingham Forest fans, right? Mm. And we were all in caves that were all dark and pale skin because we don't go out because we're trolls on the internet, right? I'm just kidding. Forest fans are all right. I don't mind too much. And Nottingham Forest's owner was doing this. You've been laughing at them. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, Amazon Prime, Amazon documentary series, literally put out a picture of Wayne Rooney with we'll be in the Champions League. That's clear banter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is perfectly fine. But it's going to spec, it's either going to go right or it's going to go wrong. But long story short, I've talked way too long on this subject on like a monologue here. And I did not mean to do that. But I'm going to, I'm going to back Eric Alonso, uh, not financially because I've got no money, but I'm going to back him, you know, with some support and stuff to see if, if he can sort this mess out because Darby, like Jason says, Darby needed change. Something needs to happen. It's just liven it up because Darby's been in this Darby's been in the cha- people sit here and go, Oh, Darby's been deserving to be in the premier league and whatever. Don't. Darby's been in the championship for 15 years. So what are, what are Darby? They're a championship. Club. Yeah. They're, they're a second tier. You're, you're a second division club. That, that's all you are. 
Mm. I think one one point I'd just like to pick up on, Corey. Sorry, Simon, we're going on on this. I know. Don't bother me. <laughs> you would you would have been there, Simon, with what I'm about to say. <clears throat> Corey mentions you know fans going off to do other things. We went from the heights of under Billy Davis, mm. thirty thousand a week. Yeah. Premier League, I think all but one home game sold out. I think I might I, I might be slightly wrong with that, but I know it was it was a, a fair old chunk. <laughs> We came down that season and we were still, I think that first game against Reading, I think we got 28, 29,000. By the end of that season, we were at 20,000. And for the next two seasons, we hovered around 20 to 22,000 until George Bailey took over and got us to, obviously, the playoffs and finished in that semi-final. We, we lost to Preston in the semi-final. The opening game of that season, we had 21,500. The last game at Pride Park, Against Preston, funnily enough, was twenty nine and a half thousand. That it, obviously we were in a bad place back then. We're in a bad place right now. That just goes to show you the fan base will not. Okay, they'll support from afar, but they're not gonna. They're not gonna turn up to to the games, and that's why the, the point that Corey's just said and I, I made this next this new regime, the next regime, the next chapter of Derby County needs to hit the ball running. Because I think without the fans backing and the fans being behind it, it's almost, almost doomed from the start. Mm. If, obviously, the only thing that changes that is money. Money talks. Oh, yeah, without doubt. But, of course, because of FFP, you can't really do that. So it's there's got to be something in that first whatever um, that, that really helps propel it. And I think that's probably the reason why Eric is, you know, so... So interactive on on social media, he wants to get the fans fans behind. Of course, why wouldn't you? Of course you would. Yeah. Course I've said would. I, I've said this. You know, I've said it on Radio Derby when I've been on there, and I've said I'm all for mm. the chairman to come out and say you know interact with the fans. I'm all for that. You know, yeah. you know, Darren McKen- Darren McKenzie does it, doesn't he? For Peterborough, yeah. he's on Twitter. He's got his own podcast. Yeah, he lets fans know what's going off. No, when Mel was in the crowd podcast. When Mel was in the crowd at Accrington, bouncing on the front row with a pint in his hand, that's the epitome of being a fan. Yes, exa- exactly. And this is, and that was it. You know, you, you saw Mel get involved. The problem is with Mel, no disrespect to him. You know, like I say, he's done what he's done. You know, good things, bad things. You know, I'm not his biggest fan. I've admitted that. Um, but, you know, he's he's always been there when things are going well. He then disappears. He's disappeared these last two seasons for me. When they're not, he came out after the the, the incident, the drink drive incident, and we're not really seeing him much since then. But that's why I'm saying, like about the uh, the Peterborough manager, he is there. He doesn't give. He doesn't care. You know, he he not no not say he doesn't care. But if if it's going right, he's there. If it's not going right, he's still there, and he will still interact with fans and. For me, I, I think it would be a bit refreshing if we've got an owner that goes, you know what, yeah, I'm going to be active on social media. I'm yeah. going to talk to the fans. You know, obviously he's not going to answer everybody's questions, but if he can just put something out there, it's going to be a total, total polar opposite of where we're at at the moment. We're, we're going to, because it's just silent at the moment, let's be honest. 100%. Let me ask you something, Simon, because I saw this. I know that you, uh, you uh, tagged him on an Instagram post as we did. And both of our posts showed up on his Instagram story because he shared them. Yeah. How did that make you feel as someone who is a season ticket holder and a podcaster? I was buzzing. I was, you know, that yeah. he's recognized me. You know, like I say, I've spoken to him, you know, I've, I've sent him messages and he's replied. Right. Yes, we have as well. Here, you know, we have as well. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's, it's, it's really nice to see. 
Jason and myself sent him a message, welcome him to Derby and whatever. And he responded as he, as he did to you. And it, it felt, you felt like a million bucks because you were like, wow, at least he knows that like people are out here and they support the club and like someone's wishing him well. Like, I don't want to be like, you know, drop dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean- I mean, you saw you saw the comments on on his post. There was a mixture of welcome to the club, and then there was those that were going stay away from our club, and that's fine. Every fan's entitled to their own opinion of the guy. But for me, and I think for all of us here, you know, is is we're willing to give the guy a chance. Yes. Whether it's whether it's and I don't think it's because of who he is. I think it's just because I think we all in agreements that something needs to change, and it needs to change as soon as possible. Something at Derby County has needed changing for a long time. And I don't know whether they've tried, they've tried managers. They're, they're going to start shifting out players because the players' contracts are coming to an end. So that's changing. I don't know whether the kit needs changing and they need to go back to blue shorts and red numbers and or need to go to black socks or something ridiculous. I said this Jason a while ago, like some something big's going to ch- have to change. And hopefully this is the change that spurs the next generation of things. Because when you look back at Derby County, when you look back, Derby County always, always have played. When you even go back to, to pre-Brian Clough, when you go back to the 50s, Derby have always played good football. They've always had good players, good solid players, and they've always, they've always put on a good show for the fans. Mm. Even when they were mid-table Premier League and you had Dean Sturridge in them and things like that, those were still class players and they were still putting a shift in and they were still doing a good job. Mm. And now you look at it, there's no excitement on a Saturday when I turn it on. I've got no faith in most of the players when they come on and do things. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this, Simon, I've said this to Jason, but I just, I have to get this off my chest one more time. Colin Kazim Richards has been amazing for Derby County this season. No two questions about it. I was not his biggest fan when he signed because it, it's not sexy to sign a 34 year old journeyman. Yeah, yeah. But Derby County are relying on a 34 year old journeyman to score them goals. And they're in such dire straits. They have to give him pain injections in his hip so he can play, so he can maybe bag one to save him because the other strikers are either injured or not fit or can't hit the broadside of a barn or couldn't finish their lunch if you took them to a buffet. I could put an Egg McMuffin in front of some of them that couldn't finish it off. And I love Egg McMuffins. I could finish it off. But I know Ryan Conway likes some Egg McMuffins as well. But it, it, it's sad for Derby County who have this history of things. And they're not the force that they weren't were. And I'm not saying that they are. We understand the financial realities and the fiscal realities that they're in. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not criticizing Colin Cassie Richards at all. But it's a bit sad that Derby County are having to rely on him as the only source of goals this season. Mm. Because w- when you look at the scoring charts, I mean, Tom Lawrence has scored two goals. He's played four games. And he's the second highest goal scorer that the team, or third highest goal scorer behind Graham Sheen. He's got three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's not great. It's not great reading. No. It's not great reading. And that says a lot about where this club is and this team is as a, as an issue. And this squad needs a refresh. Oh, the squad doubt. needs a complete and utter refresh. Without doubt, without doubt. So on that, then I'm going to ask you both. Uh, Jason, are we staying up this season? Yes or no? Yes. Corey, same question. Uh, I plead the fifth amendment. Go on, what, go on, I'm not American. <laughs> Speak English. That's self. That's self incrimination. I don't have to testify. Yes or no, Corey? Yes or no? Yeah, but barely. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not got much faith then. It is worrying times, but I think obviously we've got Preston coming up on Tuesday. Um, to look, be honest, I think if we get a win against Preston, I, I, 
because I, I, for me, I think I'm seeing enough in the performances. Mm. It just needs to, you know, we just need to cut out the silly mistakes and Preston's, put the ball in the onion bag. And Pre- forget- Preston's huge, Simon. Preston now, Preston becomes. It's well, actually, I say that tomorrow's. Res- I know we don't want to rely on others. Tomorrow's result between Rotherham and Birmingham, mm. as recording on a Saturday night. Tomorrow's result matter. That's yeah. going to lead a lot. If Birmingham win, which which is fine, because that just takes them out of the way, and yeah. it's just literally us and Rotherham, we can focus on that. Yeah. That becomes... Because I said to Corey, Preston, eh, I'd expect something from that game. Birmingham, six weeks ago, was a home banker. Not so much at this moment in time. No. But I actually think the last two games, Swansea, look at Swansea today. They were eight minutes away from being beat by bottom of the league uh, at home. yeah. yeah. And Sheffield Wednesday should be down by then, you would presume. So actually, yeah. if we can, by by whatever, by hook, by crook, get to those last two games, I know some people will call me crazy, but <laughs> those last two games, for me, are, and Rotherham continue to fall. Rotherham aren't winning seven in a row. I'm sorry, they're not. And look, at we started this top of the show, Simon, with, with the fixtures of Rotherham. Mm. They ain't winning all seven. I'll tell you that right now. No. I, I can't see it. Let's face it, Swansea will be guaranteed playoff. They're not. They're not. Yeah. Going, I, I can't see them going up automatically. I think. I think that's Watford's. That, that, that's Watford's now to lose. Really, I think they need like two more wins, perhaps. Yeah. So by the time Swansea play us, they'll be guaranteed uh, playoff spot. They're resting players, mate. They're resting that's, players. That there. is what. That is what I'm thinking. So there could be three points available there. Um, to be honest, you know. So. Yeah. I'm gonna. I, I, I'm gonna. I can't do it. I can't say no. My my man's telling me no. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I can't say no. We're not. I can't say we're gonna. We, we're gonna go down. I I am very concerned. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. But I just. You're think, so concerned. You pulled out your hair out, haven't you, Simon? I have. It's all gone. Jesus. It's all gone. I think, you know, I think fall I out of air. Start. Do think tomorrow's massive? If, is, if, yeah, Birmingham, to, I, if Birmingham can beat Rotherham. Yeah, it, the gap stays at is it four five points? Four points, yeah. That is huge. It's no matter how many games in that. If that gap mentally, you look at that league table and it's only a point. Okay, you look at the games in hand to get that, but you look at the points. It's, it's all about the points. It's points on the board. I think the only the only thing that's going in our favour is they've not got the easiest of run. They've got the likes of Barnsley again looking for playoffs. They've got Watford looking for automatics. They've got Middlesbrough again. They're please Warnock, do us a favour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, they can win one. It's I mean that's they're not the easiest of fixtures in all fairness. Um you know so I think you know there is there is a possibility. I mean, what have they got? They, they, yeah, they've got Brentford as well. I knew there was another one. I couldn't remember who it was. And then Luton and Cardiff. So they're not easy fixtures by all means. Um, but I think now is the time. You know, like I say, tomorrow is important. If 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 tomorrow, you know, we're still in the same position, I think it's a bit of a relief. But then we go into Tuesday. We go to Preston. We go right. It's a must-win game now. You know, Rooney. Rooney said that. You know, Rooney based his press conference literally consisted of three things. Yes, it was a penalty. I'll be talking to the, uh, the the head of the refereeing association, and I can hundred percent guarantee you this club will not go down. You know, um, it, it's a horrible position to be in, Simon. But yeah, we are in a position now where you do take it game by game. This is my this was my point. What I spoke to you about off air just before mm. we started. 
a lot of Derby fans were very, very negative last night after the game. And yeah. my opinion was, was the result that bad? Really? Was it was it that bad? Based on yes, well, yes, of course it was bad. We lost. But based on Rotherham losing tomorrow, it's exactly the same. And yeah. it's a game less that they've got to catch us up. Yeah. And that's the way that I'm certainly looking at it at the minute. And again, you go into Tuesday. We want a positive result. Of course, we all want a positive result against Preston. And it, a point's a positive result for me, personally. And then you focus on that Birmingham game, which is going to be obviously massive. But as long as Rotherham aren't picking up the points, you know, the, the gap's staying the same. It's, yeah. it's not as doom and gloom as I encountered last night on, on, on Twitter, personally. But, I mean, I didn't call anybody out. We had a good chat about it, and that's how it was. And we know that, you know, Derby fans will, will certainly have an opinion. There's no doubt about that. It, it's it's disappointing, let's face it, to, you know, to near enough end the podcast, to, to say that we're, we're hoping on, on favours and we're relying on other people is... It's disappointing. We've been here before, Simon. You'll know from 10 years ago. We've been there before. We've had two that I can remember in the last 15 years, last day survivals yeah. against the wall and, and Leeds. You know what I mean? It's things like that. I mean, and I would say that this team's better equipped than those teams back in the day. So I'm not, I'm not too disheartened at the moment, but you know, it, it's difficult. It's difficult. It really is. And, and it's one of those, I think if we, if we swapped mm. and we were Rotherham fans, and we looked at Derby County as this, and we'd go, it's your fire, surely. It's your fire to go down, surely. They're on a bad yeah. form. They can't, they can't score goals. So it's obviously the, the head and heart is, is really difficult to, to sound out. And a lot of people was asking me on Twitter last night, um, will, the exact same question that you've just asked me, will Derby stay up? And I went, yeah, I think they will. And they went, you're mad, why? And it's like, well... That, but that's the neg- That's the you know that's the negativity, and then, then you put the 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 reasoning and not the positive. Yeah, it is the positivity, but you know just the level conversation yeah. over it, and they won't believe it. They're not willing to. They're not willing to believe it, and it's like, but that's the facts. The facts are we are above the relegation zone at the minute. I tell you what, we get it's three. We get that. we get three points on Tuesday. That conversation changes to yeah, actually. I think does. we will go up. Of course it does. All we, I think all Derby needed is a one positive result yeah. to then go, oh, actually, yeah, we can get results. Yeah, I agree. Say, say you beat Preston. You go to the next game on the Saturday. Uh, oh, is it is it Birmingham? Yeah, Birmingham. Birmingham. Who, let's be honest, you know, Bowie's come in and they've had that manager bounce. You know, but you go in there full of confidence going, okay, well, now we need to win this game. Yeah. Bang, we win that game. Okay, right. You know, so all of a sudden you go into the end of the season, you go, okay, I think we can do this. And then you're looking, maybe Rotherham is slipping up. I like you say, I like how your theory, you know, if, if Rotherham keep losing, then yeah, we are in exactly the same situation as we have been all, all the way. So yeah, we are relying on them a little bit, but again, we, we can also affect things because if they see us winning and they lose, they're going to go, Jesus, you know, when it, when, the, when it gets to that point where they've had them three games extra and they're still four points behind us and they go, God, we've got two games left. Derby get a win, perhaps against Sheffield uh, against Swansea, and then they go, "Well, we're stuffed now." So, you know, I, I, I actually one hundred percent believe I don't think Rotherham are in we have to win mode because they've got that many games in hand. Yeah, I don't think they are physically in. Okay, if we do not win this game, 
were down, yeah. Yeah, whereas when they started these run of four or five with QPR, it was, yeah, great, we got the win. That was the bounce. The Coventry game, after the game, I don't think it was a, that's it, we've blown it. I, d- I don't think they had that mindset. No. Got the others, and, and that's that's dangerous. Don't get me mm. wrong; that is dangerous. But then, on the flip side of that, that that also plays into Derby's plays into Derby's favour because you can you can easily slip into a game. We've done it many a time. Mm. You can easily slip into a game and think, not not the end of the world. We've got another game coming up, and before you know it, runs are good. In football, as we well know, runs can go either way. You can get a run, you can get on a run of good results. You can easily get sucked into a run of bad results, and I think that's that is that is a big factor. I mean, it's I can't begin, and I know you feel you but you both feel the same. I can't begin to feel how gut wrenching it feels mm. to be talking about that. Yeah. Um, at the end of the game, literally, I would I, I I didn't watch it on Rams TV. I listened to it on BBC Radio Derby. I'm sat upstairs, sat in my bedroom. I'm sat on the bed, and at that full time whistle, I just flopped back and I could feel it in my stomach and I'm like that's not necessary but that's a good reaction yeah that's not necessarily a good result but then with time it's like it's not but yeah yeah and at the, at the minute there's a but and that is Rotherham's game in hand games in hand mm. there is a if Rotherham lose as I say if Rotherham do lose against Birmingham it don't matter you, no. you move on to the next one get it out your head move on to the next one it's when those butts run out and then there's still that, you know, hopefully we've still got that advantage for me personally, um, which obviously I think is it two gate. Um, is it not next week? Is it the week after that they catch up with their, so it's kind of like going into the last two games. They've got like a game now every three days. Right. <laughs> um, I think looking at their fix, they've got Birmingham on the tomorrow. Bloody, yeah. Then... Uh, then they've got Middlesbrough on the Wednesday. Right. So after Wednesday, we know, again, we know a lot more. A, then, a lot, lot more. Yeah. And then, then Barnsley on the Saturday. Then Brentford Big on, game. The, on the Tuesday. And then Blackburn. That's then when I think it then becomes yeah. the last even, sort of... Even up. Yeah. So, so. so by next Wednesday, we'll... Obviously, both be probably putting podcasts out ne- next Wednesday, and we'll yeah. either be a lot, lot happier than the last two hours, or be a lot, lot more pissed off than the last <laughs> two hours. <laughs> That's yeah, basically. So, I tell you what, we'll call it on that one. We've had an absolute magnificent chat. Uh, thank you both for for sharing your, your time this evening with me. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, of course, you guys listening, if you've enjoyed them, you can find out, you can follow their podcast. Uh, they are Rams Review Podcast. Search it on Google. They're, I'm guessing, well, I know you are on, on Spotify, definitely. Um, but Apple as well, all your major platforms, they are there. If you want to follow them on social media, you can follow them at Rams Review One on Twitter and Rams Review Pod on Instagram. And I'm sure you've got a Facebook page, just Rams Review Podcast, in it, on Facebook? It is. And of course, if, if you're not following me and you want to, I am at Rams Writer on Twitter, uh, the Rams Writer Podcast on Instagram, and the Rams Writer Podcast on Facebook. And of course, you can find my, my, uh, my shows on all major platforms. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and thank you guys again for, for being on. You've been an absolute brilliant guest. And we'll definitely have to do uh, another one soon before the end of the season. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Thanks for having us on, Simon. It's always a pleasure, mate. It's been it's been a fun two hours, and hopefully next time we chat, it might not be quite as negative. <laughs> Maybe who knows? And 
as we always say, I know all podcast creators say in uh, as a dot of a Derby persuasion, there's, there's never a quiet day at Derby. So hopefully we've got a lot more positive to talk about the next time we meet up. Definitely, definitely. Fingers crossed. I can definitely, and we can uh, maybe next time we talk, Simon, we can we can plan our trips to Scunthorpe and the seaside <laughs> at Blackpool and hey, Albion. Corey, what's Blackpool the best pubs? coming up. Blackpool are coming best, up. We're okay. What's the best pubs to look at in Rochdale? What is <laughs> Rochdale? Where is Rochdale? I haven't got a clue. I know where Rochdale is. I worked there for a long time. Hey, so at, least have, at least we'll have Burton Albion to, to, to look forward to playing. The big Empire. East Midland, the big Midlands Derby, Burton Albion and Derby. Yeah, class. At least yeah, been... no, Simon, flip, being flipping aside, it's been been a pleasure. Thank you for uh, for allowing us to come on and, and vent and share our frustrations and, and everything like that. It's been very cathartic. And uh, yes, I had a dictionary for lunch. It's cathartic. That was, that was unbelievable, that is. That's not. And really I said it without thing. even stumbling. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> what a way to end after two hours. Is, so, yeah, uh, mentally, mentally sharp, Jason. Mentally sharp. <laughs> so, um, all I'm going to say um, is um, thanks um, for um, having us on the podcast. That was my best Wayne Rooney impression. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of sound like Wayne Rooney. I, I don't know. No, he's not American. He's Scouse. <laughs> what a way, what a way to end. He's not American. He's Scouse. So I'll end it as I normally do. Then, guys, thank you for listening. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. And as always, come on, Derby.